Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to not just another episode of Lords of Limited. We've got the Wilds of Eldraine Crash Course. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, Mr. Ethan Gingerbread Man Sachs. Are you ready for some Wilds of Eldraine chat? Did you just forget that it's called Ginger Brute? Mr. Gingerbread Man? I, I don't know. I'm riffing here. I'm going off the top. I didn't have anything ready to go. You know, have you ever played Candyland? I have. I love good Candyland. Well, okay, that's uh, that was more of a positive reaction than I was expecting. Um, the little candy cane dude with the rosy cheeks. People used to tell me I looked like him. And oh, that, yeah. That never felt good. <laughs> I'm sorry that to hear that. Good. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you about some Wilds of Eldraine. I'm looking forward to the set. Seems sweet. This format has a lot going on. There's a lot of cool build arounds, I think, already. And the enchantments, I was salivating while I was doing my grades on the bonus enchantment slot. Like, there are some juicy build around enchantments. I think this format is going to have legs. I'm glad that you were salivating because, so I had quite a journey grading uh, that column today that was the last thing i did today in in preparation and i had done most of my grades before you but got to that column today and saw yours and i didn't have the energy as i usually do to wipe them out whoa party foul party foul party foul i was true to myself though but i will say that there were because like what i did was save myself the embarrassment of me going this is a d and you going but bargain and then me going (laughs) oh (laughs) so i don't have that journey but then there are some that you (laughs) were salivating over at least i can only assume because of your grades that we will have to discuss because that's your low on i think you are hot and bothered a little bit too much about some of these auras my friend i don't even know what we're arguing about and i am stoked i feel very (laughs) passionate i feel very passionately about the enchantment bonus slot cannot wait to get to it and we've got quite a bit to get to so if you're joining us for the first time for a crash course, welcome. We're very excited to have you. And I assume we have some new folks in uh, in YouTube land. So welcome out there as well. Um, and got a lot of folks who normally listen uh, via, you know, whatever their podcast medium of choice is, who said, hey, for the like previous episode, and I assume it'll be the case for the crash course, watching it on YouTube is really helpful because like I just zone out when people read cards, but it's really helpful to have the card images up. So if that's, you know, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're like, yeah, that happens to me, hop on over to Lords Limited YouTube channel and watch along there. So what we're going to be doing for the crash course, we don't do set review season. We're not giving you a five hour card by card grading thing because honestly ben would quit the podcast if i made him do that um but we have graded all the cards individually those are going to be found on a spreadsheet where you download the show you can get access to that and we'll be uh going to that spreadsheet a little bit later on in the episode but first things first we're going to look at some big picture stuff we'll check out uh some creature sizing some removal how that lines up with that look at the the mechanics and their support maybe see what mechanics we think will be popping up a lot be easy to get after some that'll be a little bit more niche some things that give us clues to limited formats in general like what the sweepers are what incidental life gain there is what fixing there is all that good stuff 
Then we'll get to the grading scale. Like I said, we will have graded all the cards in a spreadsheet separately. And we do it separately so that we can duke it out so we can fight. We're going to we're going to get into the arena with each other and uh, we'll go over all the cards where we had two gradations or more of a difference. And we'll uh, we'll see who is right, who is wrong, etc. And then we'll get to our top three commons and our top two uncommons in each color. Ben, you ready to get down to business? Well, you're much nicer to our listeners than I am. I was going to tell everyone that's listening right now to go to YouTube and just subscribe. On our oh. YouTube, we just we need to double dip. Like everyone needs to download the podcast. Everybody that's on YouTube, if you're not getting the podcast in those apps, just bump us up. That's true. Places. That's true. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Like, subscribe, do all the things, comment for the algorithm, as people say. <laughs> um, and we got some housekeeping stuff to take care of first before we get into this slog of a show. So first things first is the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to get back to the show if they so choose. A lot of great stuff happening over at the Patreon page. The best thing, of course, is the Lords of Limited Discord, which everybody who gets back via the Patreon gets access to. It's Arena Open weekend, Ben. We're, we're smack dab in the middle of the Arena Cube Open. I'm happy to say on my second bullet, I managed to get there with one of the classic archetypes we outlined, Green, White, Black, Luris. I think we told everybody <laughs> to draft that deck in the cube, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was absolutely. salivating uh, over the Discord during band today. I was just yeah. keeping up in touch with what people were posting, seeing what the decks were like. I am currently bulletless. So, you know, undefeated, but I will be firing my first bullet, rest assured, after we're done recording today. Yeah, yeah. We're getting, getting things done nice and early here in the uh, late afternoon on Saturday so Ben can hopefully queue up for tomorrow. Um, so a lot of great stuff happening in the Discord. We got uh, you know discussions and, and support for folks participating in these high stakes draft events like the Arena Opens that happen every month now, like the Mythic Championship qualifiers, all that good stuff. And then of course new set season. I mean, it's a crash course. This is the time you want to get on the Discord. Get prepared to you know crush some fools at your local game store, at your FNM, at your pre-release, whatever, and then get you know, up to speed on the format before it drops on Arena, so you can crush some fools there. So uh, a lot of other stuff happening at the Patreon page. Get access to the show a day in advance, ad-free. Get access to our show notes if you want the show in written form. Show notes for episodes like uh, like the Crash Course are very extensive. I'm looking at a six-page Word document <laughs> here, as well as we've got our, whatever, our 13-tab spreadsheets. So all that good stuff available to you via the Patreon page. And of course, we want to shout out our new patrons the first week that they join. This week, we're welcoming Emmaus, Pay, Carson, Robert, Cody, Kit, Thomas, Clyde, Dylan, Fugu, Peter, Devin, Colin, and Hiroshi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. Show is also brought to you by Cool Stuff Inc. Coolstuffinc.com, where they've got cool stuff in stock. And you better believe they're not in stock yet. But those wilds of Eldraine booster boxes are just waiting for you to click that pre-order button and get them into your closet. Your closet is not going to be experiencing any woe. It's going to be like, ooh, yeah, get these booster boxes on up in here. Got stuff at the top of the shelf, got some middle shelves. I got plenty of room in my new house. Oh, yeah. Wilds of Eldraine booster boxes everywhere. That's so true. We're going to get to really see the collection in action on your new streaming setup. Yeah, I was just telling Ethan, I'm going to have some sweet uh, cabinetry behind me. So I'm going to be in a, a real streamer boy. I'm going to have like a, a little setup where people can see into my home. Instead Maybe of you'll this. finally use that microphone arm I got you for your birthday a few years ago. <laughs> Maybe I will. That's it, also it, cool stuff. <laughs> it, it made the move with me. So whether you're getting Wilds of Eldraine draft booster boxes, board games, anything, you name it, they've got it in stock at CoolStuffInc.com. Please use code LLL, all caps, to get 5% off your order. All right, Ben. Stats, baby. What's great about Wilds of Eldraine, I feel like we this is the first set in a, a while. <laughs> no disclaimers? 
no disclaimers, just 106 creatures. I don't have to say, and then some spells with a mass or, and then some battles that flip into creatures. <laughs> I don't have to do any of that nonsense. We just have classic creatures this time around. So we're going to be going up the toughness scale, looking at what number slash percentage does specific removal hit of these 106 creatures, starting out with, we've been sort of, you know, eyeing this a little bit. One toughness creatures, better better look out because there's quite a few things targeting you specifically. What do we have up first? We've got rat out. Single black for an instant, up to one target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. You create a one, one black rat creature token with this creature can't block. Can we just call those rat tokens? We don't We're need done. to say that That's every it. time. You rat know tokens. they can't block, okay? <laughs> We've also got flick a coin, two in a red for an instant at common. It deals one damage to any target. You create a treasure token, and you draw a card. Lastly, we've got Shrouded Shepherd, one and a white for a 2-2 ETBs. Target creature control gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. But wait, there's more. An adventure, Cleave Shadows, one and a black for a sorcery. Creatures, your opponent's control get minus 1, minus 1 until end of turn. The bane of the rat army. Yeah, so there's 18 creatures with toughness 1, which is, is about 17% of the total creatures are common and uncommon. And I should say, again, for folks who are joining us for the first time for the Crash Course, we will only, except when we get to the Sweepers, that's the only time we will not be talking just about commons or uncommons. But for the rest of this, we're only taking commons and uncommons into account. So that's 17% of that total creatures. But then plus, there's rat tokens, and there's some human tokens. So there's some more non, uh, whatever, non-creature creatures uh, that exist there beyond the 17%. All right, that takes us on to the X2 removal. First up, we've got Torch the Tower, red for an instant, with Bargain. Deals two damage to target creature Planeswalker. If the spell is bargained, instead it deals three damage to that permanent, and you scry one. If a permanent dealt damage by Torch the Tower would die this turn, exile it instead. There's Frantic Firebolt, two in a red for an instant, that deals X damage to target creature, where X is two plus the number of cards in your graveyard that are instant cards, sorcery cards, and or have an adventure. How do you feel about that card? I like it. It was in my top commons. I moved it out. I was experiencing some self-doubt after reading things in the Lord's Illuminated Discord. That seems like a, as much of a party foul as me not <laughs> whiting out your grades in the spreadsheet for three minutes or whatever. This seems like it's probably just a secret blue, red, gold card. Right. I'm just pretty high on blue, red, I think. You? High on blue, red? That's shocking. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Next, we've got Gingerbread Hunter, which is a five mana five, five that ETBs to make a food, but it also has an adventure that stomps puny two twos. It's got puny snack for an instant, two and a black target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn at instant speed. And then there's a colorless removal-ish spell, three bowls of porridge, two mana for an artifact food, pay two tap to choose one that hasn't been chosen, and one of those modes is deal two damage to target creature. So we've got 28 creatures with toughness two, which brings us up to 46 total. That's 43% total of the creatures, so a little less than half. Honestly, this is a little lower than we usually see. We usually see this creeping up to actually 50%. Honestly, the X ones we've also seen creeping up to more like 20%. So a little lower on those uh, those two stat lines. How does that make you feel about Torch the Tower, the single red deal two damage at instant speed? I was super high on that. And I think I am a little less so after seeing that Unbargained, it only hits 43% of the creatures. I think I'm okay with it because it scales up. Like it just depends on how, like Bargain seems to me like the name of the game. So this is one of the mechanics we'll get to in a little bit, but Bargain 
is the the mechanic of you know you get a bonus for I think there's about 16 spells at common or uncommon. Um, if you sacrifice a token, an artifact, or an enchantment when you cast it, and that'll bump up that Torx the Tower to three. I I think that that's going to be kind of the name of the game and enabling your bargain stuff as much as possible. And I like the Torx the Tower has that, so I don't know. I'm still pretty high on it. Okay. Uh, moving on to X3s, we've got Kellen's Light Blades. This is one and a white for an instant. Deals three damage to target attacking or blocking creature, but it's got bargain, and if the spell is bargained, you destroy that creature instead. We've also got Candy Grapple, one and a black for an instant with bargain. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. If it was bargain, the creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn instead. Best common in the set? It's very good, and that hits... 35 creatures with toughness three or 76% of the creatures overall for Kellen's light blades and candy grapple. Yeah. Three quarters of the creatures are common or uncommon. Now, obviously like again, with all of the roll tokens running around, like things will get buffed a little bit, etc. But this is just the, the raw stats that takes us on to X fours with only one specific spell targeting four toughness creatures, which is cut in it's three and a red for a sorcery. It deals four damage to target creature and you create a young hero roll token attached to up to one target creature you control. That's the one that uh, grows your creature. If it has toughness three or less, that brings us up to 92%, 16 creatures with toughness four, 97 out of 106. So almost all of them. Yeah. Moving on to the X5. First up, we've got Witch Stalker Frenzy. Three and a red for an instant. Costs one less to cast for each creature that attacked this turn, which is wildly good. Deals five damage to target creature. Yeah. And then uh, the only other thing that targets specifically X5s is Candy Grapple when it's bargained. And uh, we're, we're almost at, at the full capacity here. Six creatures with toughness five or 102 of the 106, which is 96%. So basically leaving out only four creatures um, that need to be dealt with, with basically just catch all removal at that point. All right. Some other stuff we've got going on. We've got a spell that hits creatures with power of four or greater. This is Moment of Valor. This is two and a white for an instant. You choose one untapped target creature. It gets plus one plus O and gains indestructible until end of turn, or you destroy target creature with power four or greater. Uh, And just like the one toughness creatures, there are 18 creatures total with power four or greater. So that's 17%. But again, many of them being buffed by some roll tokens as well. Moving on, I wanted to check out mana value two or less and mana value three or less. For mana value two or less, we have Witch's Vanity, which is one of the black for a saga. And chapter one says, destroy target creature and opponent controls with mana value two or less. Uh, There are 36 creatures total with mana value two or less. So that's 34%, about a third of the creatures that'll hit. And that takes us on to spells that hit mana value three or less. First up is Glass Casket, an oldie bit of goodie. One and a white for an artifact. When ETBs, exile target creature and opponent controls with mana value three or less until Glass Casket leaves the battlefield. And there's Feed the Cauldron, a new card. A a newie but a baddie. (laughs) Two and a black for an instant destroy target creature with mana value three or less. If it's your turn, you get a food token. And that takes us up to 63% of the total creatures. So mana value two or less, about a third of the creatures. Mana value three or less, about two thirds of the creatures. All right. Anything else going on with removal that is worth talking? about here honestly not really like we we usually have like oh and then this there's some cute here removal is pretty like straightforward in this set um and if you want to know everything we're talking about when we're referring to removal we've got a tab in our spreadsheet available where you download the show where all of our grades are you can check that out there we've pointed out black and red both getting x1 hate it common they have their usual like medium and big kill spell past that important to note blue's both getting a 
bounce plus draw and a tuck, the like sort of owner puts it on top or bottom of their library. They're getting both of those at common. White and blue both getting aura-based removal spells, and green getting its usual spread of a fight spell at common and a bite spell at uncommon. The things we didn't end up counting in the spreadsheet were those X1 removal spells. Those felt, I, I just couldn't quite bring myself to call rat out a removal <laughs> spell, you know? Um, so I didn't put those on the sheet. There's a, an expensive tapper that we'll maybe chat about when we get to mana sinks. Uh, there are three disenchants, which I left out, but it remains to be seen, right? You know, you were sort of bringing me up on break the spell last week, the single white blow up an enchantment. You know, enchantments are a big theme in Wilds of Eldraine. There's the roll tokens, of course. There's the um, bonus sheet of all the enchantments that are pretty powerful that Ben has been salivating over. That's the, uh, that's if you're counting, that's three times we've said salivating now this episode. Um, <laughs> and then there are three counter spells that we didn't put on the spreadsheet as well. We haven't counted those as removal, even though that's often one of Blue's better ways to interact, depending. So that's it. Yeah. Not did you notice anything interesting about the removal beyond that? No, other than that uh, there was it either looks good or clunky. Not a lot in between. Right. I, I think so. I was like, there were a lot of spells where I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then some like, I mean, like the aforementioned feed the cauldron, you know, is the you know, the, the card you're basically never going, you're either going to be mana neutral with or you're going to be paying a premium on, um, I felt like was pretty clunky. So yeah, removal looking pretty good there. Let's take a quick little ad break and we'll be back with the rest of the crash course. Whether you're a teacher adjusting to the start of the school year or a parent adjusting to the sleep schedule of a seven month old, falling asleep, staying asleep and waking up feeling rested oftentimes is more difficult than qualifying for day two of the arena open. Prioritizing quality sleep is one of the best ways to take care of yourself. Instead of lingering on your phone before bed, make sleep your simplest self-care routine with the Hatch Restore. Think of the Hatch Restore as your bedside sleep guide, your trusty companion, your 41st card, if you will. <laughs> this all-in-one dream machine is a sophisticated sound machine, light and alarm clock, beautifully designed for your bedside table. The Hatch Restore was engineered to help you form healthy sleep habits for life by teaching your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. I have always needed some kind of audio to be able to fall asleep. And to not disturb my wife, I use headphones when I fall asleep and I listen to something on my phone. Sometimes I have the screen on. Sometimes I fall asleep watching something on my screen. The Hatch Restore... It's helping me break myself of those bad habits by providing a calming environment to help me fall asleep and stay asleep throughout the night. Like a good draft deck, great sleep can't be forced, but the Hatch Restore is here to help. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash lol. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore. Go to hatch.co slash lol to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash LOL. And now back to the show. All right, that is going to bring us to new and returning mechanics. As I said before, I think bargain, the bonus for sacking an artifact enchantment or token is going to be kind of kind of the name of the game a little bit. This is one of the mechanics that's spread across all five colors. One of the two mechanics that's spread across all five colors. Um, there are 16 cards with bargain at common or uncommon. It's not a ton. It's not a ton. But there are tons of cards that make various tokens. We've got the roll auras, we've got food, we've got 
a handful of treasure makers. We've got rats. We've got a handful of human makers. Too many to count. I wasn't going to go through and give you some large number. Plus, there's artifacts and there's enchantments, right? You will have sack fodder for bargain if you want it. And I do think like there's going to be some deviations from perhaps, you know, common pick orders or tier lists the more you're going down this road. Like two of my favorite enablers are these uh, these little enchantment commons. One of them being Hopeful Vigil, which is one in a white for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you get a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance. When Hopeful Vigil is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you scry two and you can pay two in a white to sacrifice Hopeful Vigil. Yeah, that card is absolutely nuts. It's just a good card and then also very synergistic in addition to that. Right. There's also Hopeless Nightmare, black for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card and loses two life. And when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you scry two and you can also pay two and a black to sacrifice it. So like what's awesome about Hopeful Vigil, the white one is that you've got both the 2-2 token that you could sacrifice to bargain, right? Or you've got the Hopeful Vigil enchantment. Obviously, you'd rather rather sacrifice Hopeful Vigil because then you still get that scry too when you bargain it. So that's like a real awesome bargain enabler there. So I think you'll want to be on the lookout for those kinds of cards. But there were lots of little things where I was like, oh, that's cool. As we'll get to when we get to um, Celebration, the thing that cares about two permanents, there were lots of sneaky things. Whereas I was scrolling through the uh, card image gallery, I was like, oh, that makes two tokens. Like the three mana, three, three lifelinker that comes into play with a cursed roll token on it. I was like, oh. Oh, that's coming. That's two permanents for one card there, you know? So some sneaky stuff happening with bargain as well. Well, and also there's, so do you think the choking point is going to be just getting enough cards with bargain then, right? Because the green common that's Hamlet glutton, the six, six trample when ETBs gain three, if you bargain that it costs five instead of seven, that card's a house. Like if you could consistently make that five mana, six, six trample gain three, that's a really strong card, right? I, I definitely think it will be easier to enable bargain, but not free. You're going to have to do some work in deck building. And I think, you know, for, for us and our listeners, maybe it will feel like a bit of a playground for the first week or two where maybe things that make these, you know, I, I do think I do think we're in rectangle land, folks. I'm sorry to say <laughs> if you hate me saying that word or you think rectangle theory is dumb or whatever, you better strap in because we got a few months of it coming up. Um <laughs> But I do think like the the as many the cards that just like make multiple pieces of cardboard, even if it's just like the three mana, two, three in red that makes a treasure token, like these sort of innocuous looking things, the treasure you get from uh flick a coin, you know, these these little incidental pieces of cardboard that you're going to get from various cards are quite valuable, especially if you're valuing cards like Hamlet Glutton has been shouted out earlier, as I think you and I both will be. All right, that takes us on to roll tokens. So remember, there are six different roles that you can put on creatures, and there's 28 total cards that can create roll tokens spread fairly evenly across all five colors. And we've got green-white as the archetype that specifically cares about auras going on creatures. But again, these roll tokens that you're going to put on creatures are then also sacrifice fodder potentially for bargain down the road. Right. And we can just repeat like the roll tokens go on a card that uh, a creature can't have uh, two roll tokens owned by the same player on them. So like if you want to put a new roll token on your creature, it's going to knock off the old one, etc. Um, green, white, we've got Sir Armand the Redeemer that cares about, you know, enchanted creatures you control get plus one plus one. This is three green, white for a four, four. And it puts a monster roll token on something. And we've also got Tangle Span Lookout, two and a green for a two, three. When an aura enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. I'm going to need that card to be like abysmal or I will just never pass it. 
<laughs> like, I really need that card to be terrible because if it's even just like a C, just like I have, there's no hope for me. <laughs> Takes us on to food tokens. Uh, this is concentrated just in Golgari and black green. There are 14 total cards that make food plus four artifacts that are themselves food. Yeah, and I think there's some good cards that use food in some serious ways, almost energy type resources. I think what we were hoping for from Lord of the Rings, but that didn't quite actually pan out due to how good the Grixis colors were and how good ring tempting was. But Mm -hmm. it it looks similar to that where you're using food as a resource. Yeah, and we we shouted out a, a bunch of these last week. We already got to talk about the black green signpost, the card that you and I are sort of medium hopeful on, Night of the Sweets Revenge, the uh, enchantment that turns your food into mana dorks, essentially, and then overruns. There's Sweet Tooth Witch. That's the thing that lets you sack food to drain your opponent for two. Got a couple new ones I wanted to chat about. Hollow Scavenger is up first. You know, I was talking about, I, I did say, I was like, what if Green has an Argothian Opportunist, a three mana, three, two that makes a food? We almost got there. Almost got there. We almost got there. We got Hollow Scavenger. It's two and a green for a three, two. You can pay one sacrifice of food. It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn, but you can activate this only once each turn. But it's also got an adventure, Bakery Raid, single green create a food token so if this is in your opener pretty innocuous to have this as your turn one play and then hollow scavenger on three yeah strong card there's also welcome to sweet tooth which is green saga from that uncommon cycle of sagas one or green chapter one you make a one one white human creature token chapter two you get a food chapter three you put x plus one plus one counters on target creature you control where x is one plus the number of foods you control this card it looks very strong. Oh, good. A <laughs> few. Because I am really excited about that card. And I needed a little bit of a reality check on that one. It's good. I mean, like, at a worst, you're getting a delayed 3 3 for two mana, but the ceiling on this card is quite high. Yeah. Okay. That takes us on to Celebration. This is the mechanic that cares about two or more non land permanents entering the battlefield under your control. This is purely concentrated in Boros, so red white. There are seven payoffs. And honestly, they're all pretty minimal. And the bummer about them really is that they're all self-contained, right? They they all only, with the exception of Belligerent of the Ball, which is the, that's the three mana, three, three celebration trigger. Something gets plus one, plus zero oh, and menace until end of turn. With the exception of that, the other six can only target themselves, right? Like the signpost, Ash, puts a plus one, plus one counter on itself. There's nothing that's like, your creatures get plus one plus oh until end of turn like feels very small ball to me. Yeah. And there's there's other cards that reward you for going wide. There's ways to pump your team and things like that. But there's not a lot of celebration working with itself in some ways, because also the cards that have celebration only make one thing, right? That's a little weird, too. Yes. So like I said, and and I sort of went through all of I just went through red and white's cards because that's only where this mechanic is concentrated to see, well, how many ways are there to enable this things like that are just self-contained. One card makes two non-land permanents. There are six in white and five in red, so 11 total. I already shouted out one, the Cursed Courtier. Uh, that's the the three mana, three, three lifelink that comes into play with a cursed roll token on it. There's Red Cap Thief. This is two in a red for a two, three ETBs make a treasure, but that's not what you want in your red, white beatdown deck, right? I don't know. I don't know what you want in your red, white beatdown deck. I mean, there's also Besotted Knight. This is the three in a white, three, three. So just four mana, three, three, but it has an adventure, Betrothed the Beast, create a royal roll token for a single white mana. So I guess if you do this in one turn, right, three white, white, 
you could get multiple things or maybe you betrothed the beast plus something else in a turn and then besotted night. But I don't know. But like it's it's not looking great to me. Celebration's looking pretty small ball to me. Well, what I do need, we had talked about a reality check earlier. I want to chat with you about this cycle of cards that have the adventure make a roll token because they're all four drops. Uh-huh. And they all make a roll token. They're not all four drops. Are they not the, all the four drops? The black one's a three mana, two, three minutes. Oh, yeah, right. The black one's insane. But the others all look excellent to me, too. And I, I don't know if I'm too high on them. I was trying to get them into the top commons, but it's tough. I've got my eye on those cards. I like the black one a lot. The other ones I am not crazy about. But Interesting. We'll, we'll have to see. Just because, like... I don't know, man. I'm feeling maybe it, maybe it's the the cube boogie woogies, um, but I'm very feeling the the choke point on that four drop slot a lot. <laughs> right, for sure. All right, that takes us on to instants and sorceries and adventures, which is concentrated in is it? Oh my! There's eleven total cards <laughs> that care about instant sorceries or adventures, and three of them are adventures themselves, which is cool because they're kind of both a payoff and enabler for the other ones, and most notably, a card I am quite hyped about. We have a payoff at un. A card I'm quite hyped about. We have a payoff at common, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is Unruly Catapult. Two and a red for an 0-4 artifact creature construct with Defender. You can tap it to deal one damage to each opponent. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, untap Unruly Catapult. Thermo Alchemist, let's go. Yeah, you and I have uh, different feelings about Thermo Alchemist costing three mana versus two mana. It's going to be fine. It's an 0-4 it's gonna box. Be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that I am not super excited about, Power 4 or Greater. Ooh, I am excited about Power 4 or Greater. This is concentrated in Gruel, as it often is. There's only four cards common or uncommon with the text care about creatures of power four or greater three of which are at uncommon i think this looks to be largely incidental i mean large monsters are definitely a thing but i don't know if you care that much about you know I, you had sort of gotten me on board with uh little red last week the the signpost uncommon i was like oh i'm in for this i i haven't seen much in the full spoiler to make me excited about it beyond that well there's the two drop that's like a three three that smashes if you're in this archetype which you're only going to get if you're in this archetype and i would say that's another why? thing that seems to be true nobody Wait, else why? wants that card why it's a two mana two three nobody else is putting that card in their deck i'll take it <laughs> i'm sure you will I'll yes. have one <laughs> i'm sure you will right <laughs> alongside your two three that's drawing you cards when you put adventures oh on there it. it is yeah you're gonna just you're gonna suit everything up with those aura rolls exactly the hard way homegrown yeah. four powered things from ethan Sachs, ladies and gentlemen right. farm to table four drops <laughs> or whatever <laughs> <laughs> so I do think this archetype is pretty supported. There's there's it checks all the boxes. There's three mana four twos in red and green. And there might not be a notably ton of a, a oh. great stat line in limited. What are <laughs> no, you talking about? No, 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 no. I remember where I was going with this. Okay. So I, I think this is going to be similar to original Eldraine in that the archetypes are largely linear, right? So if you find the open archetype, you're going to be getting cards for your archetype late, right? If blue-red mm -hmm. spells is open, nobody else largely wants the blue-red spells other than the removal. Red-green four power is also, I think, even more so that way in that, like, probably should only be one drafter doing red-green. But if you are that person, you're likely to get all of the stuff. So even if there's not high numbers of payoffs here, I do think the payoffs that I've seen look strong. I, I remember thinking, looking through the spoiler, I'm, I'm kind of here for red-green. Okay, well, remain, remains to be seen, I guess. That takes us on to our next one, which is mana value five or greater. This is concentrated in Simic. 
Yeah, this is six total cards. So, so pretty sparse, much like the gruel mechanic. That's two commons, four uncommons. Another one that seems largely incidental. I did want to get your thoughts on one of them. This is Up the Beanstalk. It's one and a green for an enchantment. When Up the Beanstalk enters the battlefield and whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, draw a card. The fact that this replaces itself up front is really decent. Like if this didn't do that, it would be an F, I would think, or like build around D or something. But the fact that this replaces itself up front is pretty dang good. I mean, this is just also like two man enchantment replaces itself. Hey, I can bargain this away. Bargain this away, right? That's what I was thinking. I, I mean, I don't love this yeah. mechanic as a thing. Like signing up to single spell on turns like five through nine does not sound like winning magic to me for the most part. Yeah. So I, I am much less jazzed about Simic than I am Gruel. Yeah. I yeah, I'm not really jazzed about either so those are uh those are the mechanics all right that takes us on to sweepers we always check this out because this can be a big part of the format you know remembering to sandbag against white sun's twilight or the eternal wanderer or what have you like this is, this is a big part of limited so first sweeper we've got here is expel the interlopers it says three white white for a sorcery you choose a number between zero and ten and destroy all creatures with power greater than or equal to the chosen number so that's just like fine right there basically like it's five mana so you're not like getting any sort of great deal there for your sweeper you can certainly get under a sweeper like that and i gotta say ben yeah i know you and i are pretty big fans of formats that don't have a lot of sweepers there's not much like i sort of had to stretch for the other two we've got asinine <laughs> antics two blue blue for a sorcery you can uh, cast it as though it had flash if you pay two more to cast it and for each creature your opponents control you create a cursed roll token attached to that creature and that turns the creature into a one one and lastly we've got specter of mortality three black black for a three three flyer when it etbs you may exile one or more creature cards from your graveyard when you do each other creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn where x is the number of cards exiled this way that card is absurd. that card's incredible yeah yes yeah the other two meh not not into it next up is fixing and bad news for my win rate there's a lot of fixing in this format so there are three lands that all help you fix like for all five colors so the first one is evolving wild so it's a land that taps sack and goes and finds a basic puts it into play tapped We've also got Crystal Grotto, which is not very good. This is a filter land, right? Yeah, it's filter land, but this is the Scry 1 filter land. I feel like this was an overperformer last time. No, this card's terrible. No, this card was good. Was it? Yeah. I missed the memo on that. I think this card's garbage. In DMU? No? No. In your favorite set? This card's bad. Okay. Uh, and we've also got Edgewall in. That's the the land that we talked about being nuts. Like it's Uncharted Haven, but then it get lets you get back an adventure card uh, by sacking it and paying three later on. We were talking about last week, is there going to be a golden egg? Boy, howdy, is there a golden egg? There's Prophetic Prism reprinted in the set. It's a two-mana artifact, cantrips, and you can pay one, tap it to add a mana of any color. It's going to let you get all those off-color kickers in there, premium bargain fodder. It's just going to do it all. Mm -hmm. There's also Scarecrow Guide, two mana for a 2-1 with reach, and you can pay one mana to filter a mana through it once each turn. And then there's two green commons, one that searches up a basic, one that's a mana dork uh, that can filter for any color, and five treasure makers. Uh, Four of them are just one-offs. One of them, a repeatable treasure maker? This is Collector's Vault. It's two mana for an artifact. You pay two, tap, draw a card, discard a card, make a treasure. Where are you at on Collector's Vault, Ben? Yeah, I think this card's 
okay. I have high hopes for it being a thing potentially. I mean, it's not a powerful card, but you're essentially at worst paying one mana to loot, which is not great. But the fact that it also is two mana, if you have the mana available, this is unlimited bargaining. Like with the, the extra yeah. treasure token. I mean, that's not nothing. Not nothing, but it is. That's a tough sell. It's just so much not affecting the board. <laughs> odd that I, uh, I seem to like this more than you. <laughs> you're all, you're ever, this is the, the tale as old as time. You're ever the optimist in the crash course. I'm the pessimist and then our roles change once we get our hands <laughs> on the cards. <laughs> All right, moving on to incidental life gain. We've got food as a headlining mechanic, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be bumping those life totals up in black and green specifically. There's also some lifelink that's all kind of conditional on some creatures. And there's a handful of ways to gain life as one shot things. But basically, it is food primarily. Right. So black green gets to gain life. And I obviously, like I said, there's the four artifacts that are food themselves. And so all things that are food have the two tap sack gain three. So you get to do that. Which takes us on to mana sinks. How many places are there going to be repeatable or incidental to put mana? Well, big headliner in all caps is food and lots of creatures that use food with mana, right? We talked about things that not only are going to be cashing in food, like you can obviously pay the two mana to cash in the food for life, but you can also then, you know, there's a handful of things that let you use the food in other ways. And it's not a repeatable mana sink, but it's going to be a, a sort of inherent place to put mana that's adventures, right? A lot of your, like, we've talked about this before, like, it's really hard to run out of gas in a format with adventures, like original Eldraine, because, like, you just end up with these 28, 29 spell decks, you know? Yeah, adventures are going to mean you're not going to run out of stuff to do. I agree. There's creatures that have pump effects that are not great, but I think rest assured, the takeaway is whether we're trying to look at whether mana sinks are scarce or prevalent, there are plenty of things to do with your man in this format for sure i think the best ones is if you're following along with our show notes at home uh via the patreon the best ones are in green there's like a recurrable aura bestial bloodline there's a recurrable creature red tooth vanguard tough cookie animates food and then there's verdant outrider which has pseudo evasion so like those are the other ones are just like kind of clunky in the other colors but again places to put mana all right you know what time it is it's time for the grade off <laughs> well, you know, this is also the first time we have been able to see each other during this. This could get heated. This, this actually might be the end of the podcast, folks. There's going to be no hiding reactions here. So uh, like I said, here's how it worked. We graded the cards separately. We've highlighted all of them in the spreadsheet where we had two or more gradations difference. So let's talk about that grading scale. We are using the limited resources A through F scale, starting with the A's. These are bombs, game winners, good in many situations, especially when behind. They're the best cards in the set, bomb rares, hyper-efficient spells like Orcish Bowmasters, Anduril Flame of the West, and Faramir, or Unfaramir, Prince of Athelion. Moving on to the B's, which are strong cards that pull you into color, make you want to play that color, reasons to be in a particular color or combination of colors, the best commons, and good uncommons. Ethan, you made a mistake in our show notes here. Oh, was Bath Song supposed to be an A? Yeah, the Bath Song's in the B's. It should have been up, up, up in the I'll be A's. Honest, I had Saruman's trickery here, but I was like, Ben's gonna wanna <laughs> Ben's gonna want Bath Song just as a send-off. So here it is. I appreciate it. So we've got Nazgul, the Bath Song, Build a Pony, Rally at the Hornburg. C's are your solid playables, the meat and potatoes of a limited deck, role player creatures, normal removal spells. Errand Rider of Gondor, Birthday Escape, Generous Ent, Quarrel's End. 
That takes us on to the Ds, sometimes playable below average 22nd, 23rd type cards. Things like Eastmark Cavalier, Lothlorien Lookout, Gimli's Axe, and Greyhaven Navigator. Your Fs are unplayable cards you should never put in your deck. Sometimes weird rares, cards that podcast hosts guess get woefully <laughs> wrong in the crash course like entraft basin a long list of the ents and watcher in the water your sideboard cards which are cards that don't make the main deck but when you board them in can be quite good things like shower of arrows or fog on the barrow downs build around cards cards that don't do much on their own but when you build around them can be good to great Frodo Baggins, Gandalf's Sanction, Doors of Durin. And that takes us on to Synergy cards, which are cards that are not quite good enough to build around, but do provide good synergy if they're in the right deck. Things like Hithlane Knots or Haunt of the Dead Marshes. And then we added this in last time. We've got Diminishing Returns. These are cards where the second copy of is significantly worse than the first. Cards like the Black Breath, Nasty End, Westfold Rider, or Revive the Shire. Ready to get into this, baby. Yeah, let's do it. We're kicking things off with Armory Mice. This is one and a white for a 3-1 mouse, and it's got Celebration. It gets plus 0 plus 2 as long as two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn. You gave us a D. I gave us a C-. minus. I like this card. 2-mana 3-1 is fine. This will be able to attack as a 3-3 maybe two times over the course of the game, two to three times over the course of the game. I think you're probably, my guess would be for your argument, and I purposely didn't change my grade because I think you're probably more right than me. I'm going to a little prematurely concede, but stuff that doesn't block rat tokens gets a bit of a knock, right? Right, so this can never block with three toughness. There's not really ways to get celebration on your opponent's turn at instant speed. I, I mean, we are going to have this difference a lot, so I think we can have this conversation right now because a lot of the cards that we hi- you highlighted um, from our grading differences are just X ones. I, I was really harsh against one toughness creatures so not only not being able to block rats and maybe this just isn't gonna be that big of a deal like it's like well it's only is it really just the red black deck is it really one of 10 decks like because red and black that's where the rat tokens are red and black that's where rat out and flick a coin exist which i expect both will be at least all decks will want the first copy of each of those i would assume um with those running around plus some you know one one humans that are incidental the, the one toughness creatures I, I was pretty harsh against in my grading i think probably correctly and red and black both look head and shoulders above the other colors to me as well like certainly red red is broken in half <laughs> yeah and yeah and i like black quite a bit next up we've got wow we're just coming out the gate here moment of valor two and a white for an instant choose one Untap target creature, it gets plus one, plus oh, and gains indestructible until end of turn, or destroy target creature with power four or greater. I gave this a D, and you gave this a C plus. And I also know that this is in a certain someone's top three white commons. It is still there. I like this card a lot. It is never dead, and it's very difficult to play around, I think. It's going to enable attacks for you. Like It does double duty. It enables attacks for you, and also it's going to blow things up. And you saw during the stats, it was only, what, 17 or 18%? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's going to be shot up by the roll tokens running around, right, too? So there's mm-hmm. going to be more creatures with power four greater than normal thanks to the roll tokens. I, I love this card. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I, I am, I never value the second half of this card. I like, anytime we have this this effect, whatever, bring to trial is like the first one that comes to mind. But any of these like blow up, four power or greater cards in white i never like 
And three man is just so much to pay for this trick. I understand that you get both tacked on. It's never dead. It's just so much mana. I, I, I would be really surprised if this was in C plus territory. I would be surprised if it wasn't. I yeah. mean, uh, somebody's going to be really right or really wrong. Right. I think the I think the fact that this is combat trick plus removal spell, like this, just does so much for you. But the trick more is so than a normal bad. Removal spell. The trick is so bad. I agree, but like, are you when I attack my three three into your four four? Are you blocking? Like as a as a when I'm a white deck, like you just can't. Why if this not? Card is good. You're, then that takes your whole turn. Yeah. Like th- that's the thing is like you don't get to make the argument of like oh I guess just blow you out savagely with my one mana trick. Sure, that's why those one mana tricks we shouted out last week, the single red and single green ones, are so broken because of the tempo they provide. This isn't providing you any tempo as a trick. Yeah, it's providing you modality, which modality. I, I think is. Pretty strong. I agree it's not providing you tempo. I like this card. Next up, we've got Charmed Clothier. This is four and a white for a 3-3 flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you create a royal roll token attached to another target creature you control. I gave this a C plus. You gave this a C minus. We're basically going to have the same argument we had last week, I guess. Which is that this is clunky, right? Well, that's what you think. That's what I think, yes. I think this is... Not clunky. It's providing you uh, four power and toughness for five mana, three of which is evasive, one of which could be hasty, and it's providing you rectangles. You're getting an aura that matters. You're getting something you can bargain away that matters. You're getting maybe you care about two permanents entering the battlefield. I just think this does enough. Now, whether or not you can grade a five drop common a C plus, maybe that's just where we're we're at here, and maybe you can't, Um, but I think this does a lot. Are you hoping to end up with like two of these in your deck at the end of the draft? It depends like what the other fives look like. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. I just I just don't think it's going to be anything special. Okay. All right. Next, we've got Gallant Pie Wielder. This is two and a white for a two three with first strike. And if you celebrate, it's got double strike. Yeah, again, I'm just being negative here. I gave us a D plus. You gave it a C. It's hard for a three mana two, three first strike to be any less than a C for me with upside of potentially gaining double strike. Yeah, that's probably right. I'll go C. I just don't like this card. All right, moving on to blue. First coming up, we've got aquatic alchemist. This is one and a blue for a one, three. When you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, it gets plus two plus O until end of turn. And it's also got an adventure bubble up two and a blue put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your library. Yeah, I'm going to preemptively concede. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I love it. So you gave it a D plus. I gave it a Synergy C. I think you could maybe even go Synergy C plus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's a good card. I just got tripped up by not really liking this adventure, but that's fine because in my opener, I don't need to care about that. And then later on, it's the payoff plus enabler aspect of the Is It deck. And also just like a fine speed bump in other decks. Yeah, this is this is just good. Next up, I mean, Ben, when are you going <laughs> to get over these kinds of effects? <laughs> this is freeze in place. One in a blue for a sorcery. Tap target creature and opponent controls and put three stun counters on it. Scry two. I, I don't know what to tell you, but I gave this a synergy C minus. You gave this a synergy C plus. So like we're basically the synergy we're talking about is like basically just in blue white. Because outside of that, this card is terrible but when you care about tapping stuff maybe it gets better like you gotta you gotta relax on these spells i got i got my first let me ask you this we're gonna hit him with it okay let me ask you this were you not the person 
last week who was arguing on behalf of the White Saga that two turns being gone was such a long time, longer than you think. This is three yeah, but turns, three stun counters, don't plus you, a scry two. Don't you remember the last time we saw this effect? It did the exact same thing, tap a thing, keep it tapped for three turns, and it was, t- we had the same conversation. It was, it was terrible. two also. Oh my God, can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, you're right. I'm going to like this card and never yeah. draft it. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Spell Stutter. The counter spell, one and a blue for an instant. Counter target spell, unless it's controller pays two, plus an additional one for each fairy you control. Well, that's one, that's one of the things I didn't check out. Whatever. Y- y'all can find how many fairies there are in the, the in blue and black. That's the blue-black theme. It's a lot at Uncommon, that's for sure. Uh, I gave this a Synergy C-. minus. You get this as just a straight up C plus. Straight up C plus. I was I did not initially grade it that highly, and I was stretching for blue commons that I liked. And I ended up putting this in my top commons. So I, I bumped the grade up on it. I hope this is that good. I don't know that it necessarily will be. I do think it'll be that good in a fairies deck in blue yes. black. Yeah. For sure. I think just as a general blue card that remains to be seen. But there are a lot of expensive things people are potentially going to be stepping out for. So are there? I guess adventures. Yeah. I guess adventures are expensive. Adventures and, and, and like, you see them if you coming. Count, countering an adventure. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Like you can plan ahead for the bigger parts of adventures. And if you do nab an adventure, you're kind of two for one in your opponent because a lot of the adventure card, like on the instant or sorcery side. Right. So I could see this doing some stuff. I don't know. That feels like calling countering divination a two for one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's next? Next, we've got a mocking sprite. Am I higher than you on every single one of these cards? I think, I think I so, yeah. It says two and a blue for a 2 1 fairy rogue with flying, instant and sorcery spells. You cast, cost one less to cast. You give us a D, plus, I give us a synergy C. I think this is going to be a thing in the blue control decks. Yeah. Whoa, blue control decks? Yeah, like fairies or blue red spells. Like it's going to be a thing. I don't know if either of those decks are controlling as far as I can tell, but like this being a 2 1 is the huge just oh. knock against it for me yeah you sold me all right i'm kind of off this yeah it's just too too small very fragile uh takes us on to speaking of x1s being fragile takes us on to the uncommons we've got frolicking familiar two in a blue for a two two flyer whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell it gets plus one plus one until end of turn and it's got blow off steam that's a single red instant adventure deal one damage to any target i gave this a b you gave this a c plus hey i'm higher on a card finally <laughs> uh this card is excellent. Like picks off X ones, care like is a thing that is the a payoff for you playing instants and sorceries. Plus, is an instant itself. What's not to like? Yeah, the card's good. It's probably a B minus. Pull in the blue red. Uh, just the the two and a blue two two flyer prowess is not that strong of a card. I don't think that's true. Oh really? I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I mean, it's hard for me to feel like. You don't think this is strong in your blue-red spells deck? No, it's going to be good in your blue-red spells deck. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's at least a B minus. I'll come up to B minus. What's going on with your dislike of this next card? I hate this card. This is Ice Rot Sentry. <laughs> two and a blue for a 2-3 with Vigilance. Whenever it attacks, you can pay one and a blue. Whenever you do, tap target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you tap an untapped creature and opponent controls, Ice Rot Sentry gets plus two, plus one until end of turn. Okay, I give it a B, you gave it a C. Can you tell me why you hate this card? I just, it looks clunky as all get out to me like it's hard for me to imagine wanting to spend two mana to tap something down to have this attack as a 4-4 i mean like late in the game it's probably going to be outclassed as a 4-4 and like as you're developing i don't think you're going to want to use this ability i mean i think there's some threat of activation stuff you're not really 
But putting, there's no threat of activation because you have to do it as it attacks. Right, but the threat of activation I'm referring to is that your opponent sees this on the battlefield and they have to go, oh, can I actually attack with one and only leave back one blocker? Which means what they could do is dump mana into this and then that enables an attack with this and your two drop or whatever and something else. So like you have to anticipate this being activated. Also, like... Sure, you don't have to do it the next turn, but you could. Like, let's say you go two drop this, turn four, you activate this, get in with for six, right? Your two drop and this, and then play another two drop. Plus the synergy with blue caring about tapping stuff that isn't tapped. Plus this has vigilance, so it can still block the next turn. I I don't understand how this could be clunky. You're probably right. I think it's just going to take me seeing it on the battlefield. And then I'll probably get it. I, I would okay. say you're probably right. I just, the card is not appealing to me. That's the only defense I have, which is not a good defense. Okay. Everything you're saying checks out <laughs> mentally. <laughs> All right. That's a win for me. That takes us on to black. More X ones. There's Mintstrosity. I also hate this name. One on a black for a 3-1. It's a little cringe as when the it, kids say. When it dies, create a food token. You gave this a C. I gave it a D plus. Yeah, I think this is a similar conversation. I'm going to I'm going to go your way. Yeah. I, well, this, this is rectang- the food There's rectangles happening. Here. Yeah, like the food thing kind of and this has to be dealt with. I don't know. Actually, I'm going to stay strong. I think this is maybe a synergy C in the food deck. That's the place where you're wanting to play this. Yeah, it's just so tough. It's so tough for me to get behind these X ones. They all I mean, maybe they all can't be bad. I don't know. But that's that's where I'm at right now. All right. We've got Wicked Visitor next. This is one in a black for a 2-2 nightmare. Whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. You give us a synergy C. I give us a D. Yeah, I'm wrong. I just want I just like this. I just want this <laughs> to be good. I just like saw this and I know we're both excited about the warehouse tabby too. of like that's the, the one that has the same text, but it makes a rat token instead of which is way better than this and it costs one mana instead of two i know i know know. you don't have room for all of them because then you have no enchantments i know that's why i said i'm i'm wrong i just want it to be good okay next we've got fell horseman this is three and a black for a three three whenever it dies put it on the bottom of its owner's library and the sorcery is an adventure deathly ride one and a black return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand you give us a c minus i gave us a d yeah well i'm not really not used to having the higher grades here um like my grade sort of shows i just thought this was slightly above full-on replaceable um because it is like two pieces of cardboard um but they're both Overcosted pieces of cardboard, like way overcosted. Plus, yeah. it's got like, what are you doing? Are you You're holding right. this to like try to cast yeah. Deathly Ride? Like, because there's not going to be a creature in your graveyard early, and mm-hmm. then by the time you get the three three, do you really care about having a four mana three three? This card just seems like something you're never interested in to me. I agree. I'm going D. Next, we've got Stingblade Assassin. This is three and a black for a fairy assassin. It's a 3-1 flash flying. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent controls that was dealt damage this turn. You give us a D plus. I gave us a C. Yeah, this is another, you know, right? Highly costed, four mana for a one toughness creature. And again, it has evasion, so it deals with some other stuff. It's in a color with rat tokens, right? So you can... You know, chump attack with a rat, it gets blocked, pick it off. You sort of have to think about this. I'm kind of talking myself into it right now. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I like it with rat tokens. I also like it with the fairy deck. I like it with holding up mm. counter magic, quick study, like the instant speed card draw. Like I think yeah. this card's going to be kind of hard to play against out of the fairy deck. And I think if you stick it, like your opponent's going to need one of those ways to deal with X1s to not be in a really bad spot. I, I think this yeah. card's got fairly significant upside compared to most versions of this card we usually see. All right, I'll come up to C minus. Next up, we've got Scream Puff. Another, I just these, oof, <laughs> yikes. Four and a black for a four or five horror with death touch. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, you create a food token. I gave this a C, you gave this a D plus. I just think this is keyword large. This is just big. Yeah, but you can chump it into oblivion. I mean, I guess in black what? green, if you're getting a monster roll token on it, then like I'm kind of in for it. What are but- you chumping with? Where's this infinite stream of creatures coming from? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have board presence. I, yeah, this card's it's large. It's really hard to deal with in combat. Like, Yeah, I can get tapped down by blue and white stuff. You can I, tap I don't know. down for three turns. I feel like this is a similar thing with the Charmed Clothier mm-hmm. in that it's just hard for me to imagine like caring about this, which is why I gave it a D. Like, I just can't imagine ending the draft and being like, you know what this deck needs? Yeah. It really needs Scream Puff. You can't use my argument <laughs> against me. That's brutal. That's totally brutal. Learn from the master. Hey, uh, all right. I'll go to I'll go to C minus. I'll go to C minus. All right. Next up, we've, we gaslit him, folks. This is brutal. Like, <laughs> next, I, he hooked and cut me last week. How did this happen? <laughs> next up, we've got Ego Drain. Single black for sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. If you don't control a fairy, exile a card from your hand. You give us a Synergy C+, Synergy D+. Talk me up on this card, please. Well, I was listening to a friend of mine last week, and I didn't <laughs> like it, but he was like, but in the fairies deck, this will be really good, right? You get to like, whatever, play a thing and then nab their whatever, you know, for, for cheap. Yeah, that sounds like a smart guy. So what, what happened to him? I mean, that's D+, for me. Like, only belongs in one specific deck, I think, is D territory for me. But maybe, no, but I think the, we're saying the same thing with different grades. But here. that's what the Synergy grade gives you. The Synergy grade lets you say... What's the grade where it's got synergy? Yeah, but like, yes, I agree. But I also, similar to Scream Puff, can't imagine feeling like I really needed an ego drain for this fairies deck to like. That's a good argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like maybe C, maybe it's D plus, maybe it's C minus. I don't know. I think it is going to be a playable card in a fairies deck, whatever grade that is. And I think that's probably where you're at too. Yeah, that's true. All right. Take this on to red. We're, we're getting getting down to let less uh, less disagreements here. First up is Gnawing Crescendo. Because all of Red's cards are incredible. They're quite good, yeah. Two and a red for an instant. Creatures you control get plus two, plus oh until end of turn. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies this turn, you get a 1-1 one, one rat token. Uh, I give this a D plus. You give this a Diminishing Returns C plus. Yeah, I think the first copy of this in a, a rat deck, red-black, is going to be quite strong and i also think red white too is maybe looking to go wide like i can see this being a finisher in a couple different decks interesting interesting so maybe a synergy c plus maybe a, a synergy diminishing return c plus but i could that see just seems like too many qualifiers and i just want to call it a d plus <laughs> well maybe but i think what i'm trying to say with my grade and whether or not you agree with this is what i'd be curious about i think this card will be important to a couple subsets of decks yeah i think that's true i think i buy that um, I'm going to stick at D plus. 
<laughs> love it. I just don't like this card. Uh, but I, I agree with what you're saying. All right, next up we have Imidane's Recruiter. This is two and a red for a 2-2 when ETBs, creatures you control, get plus one, plus oh, and gain haste until end of turn. And it's got an adventurer. Train the troops, four and a white, make two, two, two white knight creature tokens with vigilance. You give us a C plus, I give us a B. This card is incredible yeah this card's really good what i was trying to do it's funny because i like didn't grade the blue red one or the blue one with the red adventure this way but i did this one i was like trying to grade it just just as a red card and not thinking about it as red white i mean as a red white card it's obviously a b and that's how i should be grading it well and it's also even if you just cast the front side a three mana three two haste which is not the worst that gives your other creature like you're still going like you can still go one drop two drop this or like two drop this and those other creatures are getting the bonus i, I yeah. just think this card's excellent i agree and i think you're right about this next one i don't know what i was thinking next up we've got witch stalker frenzy three and red for an instant deal five damage to target creature it costs one less to cast for each creature that attacked this turn. I'm already preemptively conceding, but we should still talk about it. Uh, you gave this a B plus. I gave this a C plus. Um, yeah, I think the mistake I made was I was only thinking about this as I'm attacking. All right, but it also works for your opponent's creatures. Right. It works either way. Yeah. So it's very likely that at a minimum, it's going to cost three. Correct. Either way. And also likely that it's going to get down to two or one yes and when you're attacking you have control over that like it's in the color with the rat tokens like red looks aggressive and you're going to be able to like swing with three things do this for one red mana play another threat like this card looks crazy powerful to me i'm with you i'm going b plus all right that takes us on to green commons first up here i want to hear your defense of this card this is bestial bloodline one and a green for an aura Chant creature, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and you can pay four and a green to return this from your graveyard to your hand. And the the word loops better not come out of your mouth. Okay, okay. Uh, you're gonna have to give me a minute then. No, uh, but I've got I've got a comparison that you're also not gonna like. Rancor is also not allowed to come out of your mouth. Durable coil bug from a Ikoria. Oh, my curiosity's peaked. Go on, sir. One and a black for a two-two had the same cost of five mana. Return it from your graveyard to your hand now. That was a set where like sacrificing creatures and bringing that back, like that was relevant, right? So like sometimes coil bug was just a two, two, but then like if the game went long enough, you got it back. It was just like, man, that's coming back. And then you're going to get to do the thing. This like, this isn't a color that cares about auras. There's bargain running around and you just get to sack this for value and also two mana for plus two plus two. And this like has all of the like, I don't know, there's no usual, there's not the usual aura downside with this because like you just get it back. I just think this is kind of going to do a thing, bud. This looks really bad to me. I'm not sold because Coilbug was a 2-2. Like it could block, chump, loop, and chump. Like... I just can't imagine wanting to spin my wheels this hard for min- like for bargain. There's just better, more efficient ways to bargain. And then if you're not bargaining, like being excited about the fact that you get to pay five and then two to re-equip this aura late in the game, I, it's hard for me to imagine that being a magic card. I'm I mean, I don't. I'm not obsessed with this. I said synergy C, but I do think like as your argument of, I do think like I really think. I'm going to have decks where I go, dang, I w-, like I do wish I had a bestial bloodline. I wish I had that little like, oh, there's the mana sink. There's this thing that I get to do. Yeah, I think it's just going to do stuff. I can't co-sign that one. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't need you to. More for me. 
<laughs> Next, we've got Verdant Outrider, Ben's favorite stat line. Three mana, 4-2. Two in a green for a 4-2. One in a green, Verdant Outrider can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less this turn. Uh, I gave this a D+. You gave this a Synergy C. This is just you being more excited about Gruul than me. Yes, that's, that's the grading difference. Yeah, uh, but I am excited about Gruul, and not even necessarily the 4-powered part. Although, I, I mean, I like this as a 4-powered creature, but also like with the fight spells that are running around, I think there's good combat tricks to use in tandem with these, like where your opponents are going to try to block trade, you blow them out, push 2 or 3 damage. I, I, I am excited about red-green. Okay. All right. That takes us on to the artifacts. You got some. Oh my God. So much highlighting. I know. Can you believe it? First up, we've got Ginger Brute. You got some explaining to do. He's back. One mana for a one, one with haste. You can pay one. Can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with haste. Pay two, tap, sack it. You gain three life. Yeah. You're just going to put your bestial brutality on your Ginger Brute and go to town. Oh my God. I hadn't even thought about that. Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, I gave this a C. You gave this a D. Basically. So here's, here's. Here's my argument. I completely, we all, I think, completely underrated this card in Eldraine the first time around. We were like, oh, this is cute. Like, run, run, run fast as you can. You can't catch me. This card stinks and limited. But then it was like, well, it's a food. Oh, well, it's an artifact. And there was artifact and enchantment matter stuff in Eldraine. Well, it's a, a non-human for the non-human matters attacking Gruul deck. Well, there's there's auras to slap on this, or there's artifacts to their equipment to put on this. Like, I'm sure there's just stuff I'm missing. I mean, roll tokens alone. Turn this into a two-two unblockable for free. Like, and then there's there's also like cheap stuff that makes roll tokens. So like, you really want to have a body in play already to dump that on. I think Gingerbrute's good. All right, you sold me with roll tokens. I hadn't thought about that because what I was getting ready to throw back in your face was that it was different context. Like all those things you're rattling off aren't things that are supported here in Wilds. No, but that's but the, my point is that we missed all of those. So I'm just giving it so a you're, C. You're just, you're just assuming we're idiots this it, time around too. Why Why wouldn't I, we be? I, I, when I graded this, I put some thought into, well, this is a lot different context. There's yeah. not like an artifacts and enchantments matter theme, but you, you sold me on the roll tokens. That That alone, I think, is good enough for this card to be a C. Great. Next up, we've got Ariat's Tempting Apple. Is this our biggest grade difference? Yeah, I, I I can't wait to hear what... I must be missing something. Oh, I know what I'm missing. Okay. All right, so this is four mana for a legendary artifact food. When it enters the battlefield, you gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. You can pay two, sacrifice this to gain three life, and you can also pay two tap, sacrifice it to have target opponent lose three life. You give us a D plus. I give us a B minus. What What am I missing? Bargain? Yeah, but bargain doesn't say sacrifice a creature. It doesn't? Are you kidding me? Is that not one of the things? No, it's token, artifact, or enchantment. Oh, well, I'm a little lower on it then. <laughs> what did you think you were missing? That's what I thought when I was reading. I was like, bargain, but then I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not it. So what am I missing? I don't know. This card stinks. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. I'm, I'm a little high. Great. Bonus sheet time, baby. Speaking of bargain, now now you can use the bargain argument on all these because they're all enchantments. So the first one I want to shout out, I don't have a grading difference, but my initial reaction was a grading difference. And then I remembered something. So I want to just talk about it. It's Griffin Airy, one in a white for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained three or more life this turn, create a 2-2 white Griffin creature token with flying. This card was quite poor the first time we saw it um it was really hard to gain three life there was like even a black white life gain matters thing well food really solves that problem in a nice round even number right three 
yeah, so I think Griffin Area is a really sweet build around. Next up, all right, I want to talk about two cards in conversation a little bit. So Curiosity is first. This is the single blue enchantment. When enchanted creature deals damage to an opponent, you may draw a card. And then there's there's Dragon Mantle as well, which we don't really have a grading difference on. But this is the single red aura. It gives a creature fire breathing. You can pay a red to give a plus and plus O until end of turn. But Dragon Mantle draws a card when it enters the battlefield. Yes. You gave Curiosity a B minus and Dragon Mantle a C. Yeah. I gave Dragon Mantle a C plus and I gave Curiosity a C minus. I don't understand why. Curiosity is a much better card than Dragon Mantle. Well, you're, the Dragon Mantle has a much higher floor than Curiosity. Yes. Right. You can I'm just ever like, the optimist, right? I'm going to get in with my Curiosity creature like four times. I'm going to slap that baby on a ginger brute. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bring you down. <laughs> so I guess I'll just well, let but, you have your B minus. B minus is just seems absurdly high to me for this card. You have to connect twice to get an advantage, but you wait to play it until you're sure you're going to connect the first but time. What if you and then can't? And then it's just dead in your hand. Yeah, then you're disappointed. Yeah, this this card cannot be a B minus. This card is not that good. C plus then maybe? I, I mean, Curiosity is a powerful Magic the Gathering card. The ceiling on it is quite high. The ceiling on it is run away with the game for it one minute. Doesn't add any stats. Like wh- I, I don't understand how you're what you're thinking about this card. Target creature that has good attacks already. A creature dealing two versus a creature dealing two and drawing a card are two very different things. Right, but you, the scenario where this is good is a scenario that's already good for you. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I thought you liked Curiosity a lot as a card. No. You, you don't think this is going to be excellent in the blue-white tap your opponent's things down aggressive deck? This just seems like the definition of win more to me. Mm, there's something about like quadrant theory. How though, you like can evaluating- like curiosity and not ice rot sentry is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I'm sure Ice Rod Sentry, I, I, am, I will concede that Ice Rod Sentry is a better Magic the Gathering card than Curiosity, so there's a little bit of a, a, a break in my grading of the linearness of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. across. Some dissonance uh, here. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, they're not, my grades are not resonating well with each other, but I do think Curiosity will be a good card in the blue-white aggressive deck for sure, and I also like it just in blue aggressive in fairies like there's so many cheap flyers to put this on i i don't i don't think this is a good card i do i i, I maybe not b minus but certainly c plus like there are going to be blue decks that are interested in this card I, i'm still i'm sort of down on spreading seas too but at least this replaces itself like it's it's banned in historic or something right <laughs> yeah pre-banned pre-banned it has to be good all right we don't need to talk about spreading seas i mean a similar argument but b minus just seems incredibly high for spreading uh, I, how can is, i make a can i make a confession sees a b minus and dragon mantle a c when all you care about is cantripping aura <laughs> can i make a confession did you read any of these <laughs> what's no, the confession? I, did. I did i'm realizing that i was wrong on a lot of these my confession is that Spreading C's got a P minus for me because it was banned in historic. That literally influenced my influenced my grade. You're gonna like turn to mess up your opponent's mana. I don't know. That's where I was assuming how you would play it. You would play it on your opponent's thing yeah, sure. and hope to hope to like two mana stone rain or whatever. <laughs> I guess, but it's probably not a B minus. It's may- maybe a C, and then you can bargain it away later, like after they've gotten yeah, out of their mana the, hose. Yeah, that's fair. That was where my mind was at. B minus is probably aggressive. Well, but like- aggressive. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess I'm, uh, I wasn't thinking about the oops, I cheesed out a win 
factor that this card has, so maybe it's better than a C-. minus. Alright, next up we've got the Dark Tutelage. This is 2 and a black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. You lose life equal to its mana value. You give us a D, I give us a build around C+. I'm going to be honest with you, this is an F. <laughs> wow. Is this better or worse than Phyrexian Arena? Way worse. And Phyrexian Arena is not good in Limited. It's not. Sure. This is an F. I concede. Okay. <laughs> Stab Wound is back. All the way from returning from Ravnica, two and a black for an aura, enchanted creature gets minus two, minus two. And at the beginning of the upkeep of Enchanted Creatures Controller, that player loses two life. I gave this a B, you gave this a C plus. You think a decade later this card, this card no good anymore? Yeah, sort of. I mean, not that it's a B, like it's a C plus or a B minus. I don't think it's a B. I could certainly see B minus, but I do think it's a little less good, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so the cool thing about Stab Wound, if you haven't played with it before, so obviously like overcosted for a um, a dead weight effect, but like getting to put this on like a one three or a two four two three type deal, and just have it like. N- taken out and also then this is like kind of a win condition for you like i guess well no i was like about to say bargain again but you just can't sacrifice creatures to bargain so i don't know i'm 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 optimistic that stab wound will still do all the things that it once did i do think i knocked stab wound down for bargain <laughs> so maybe we'll bump it up to be minus i'm a little ashamed about my uh bonus sheet grading here uh you shouldn't be about this last one here this is raid this bombardment yes yeah it's pretty cool two in red for an enchantment whenever a creature you control with power two or less attacks raid bombardment deals one damage to the player or planeswalker that creature is attacking gives a build around b i gave it a build around c plus but mostly just because i wanted to talk about this like it's pretty cool like this was not good and i think it was um ravnica allegiance was its original printing um there was a niche deck there for it a very hard to get it to come together i think it's gonna be real here creatures are are small well and rats baby card's gonna be nuts in red black all right the gloves are off or the gloves are back on we were fighting with the gloves off now they're on let's get to our top commons all right let's hop on in there with the white commons up first my number one Hopeful Vigil, and I assume you have the same. This card is ridiculous. One yeah. white for an enchantment. When ETBs, you make a two-two white knight creature token with vigilance, and whenever this enchantment's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you scry two, and you can pay two and a white to sack it. Card is like one of the only good white commons, I think. Or yeah, maybe it, the it, only good white common. It was a clear number one, and the rest was a little fuzzy for me. Number two, I've got Moment of Valor. That's the two and a white instant where it's the combat trick or destroy target creature power four or greater. I really like that card. I'm willing to be wrong on it, but for right now, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Sounds good. And then in number three, I've got Stockpiling Celebrant. This is two and a white for a three, two. When ETBs, you may return another non-land permanent you control to its owner's hand. If you do scry two, I think that card's very synergistic, especially in white black. I really like it. So you're picking up obviously the the hopeful vigil and the hopeless whatever the single black yeah discard. the single black thing yeah uh, what what else is there? You're shutting down your opponent's R removal randomly, like you're picking yeah. up a saga that's on chapter two, maybe rebuying it. I just think there's a fair amount going on with the card that is upside on an otherwise like playable body ish. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, uh, I do have Hopeful Vigil as my number one. My number two is the Pacifism variant, cooped up one in a white for an aura. Enchanted creature can't attack or block. And you can pay two in a white 
to exile enchanted creature. That should be in mine, probably. I forgot about bargain not <laughs> creatures. <laughs> and my number three is Savior of the Sleeping. There was some uh, chat about this in the Discord today. Two and a white for a 2-3 human knight with vigilance. Whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus and plus one counter on Savior of the Sleeping. Um, I got my eyes on this. Three mana, two, three vigilance stat line is like fine. And I th- for me, it really only takes one counter for this to be good. And that doesn't seem hard. And then like any more than that, and you're like, I have to deal with this, but I don't know how. So I'm, I'm hopeful about uh, the savior. Yeah, I was torn between that and the celebrant and one with the celebrant, but I could certainly see the savior popping off. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the uncommons. I've got a couple of adventures. Woodland Acolyte is my number one. Two and a white for a two, two. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, beautiful, and the adventure is Mend the Wilds, single green for an instant, put target permanent card from your graveyard on top of your library, and then uh, my number two is Shrouded Shepherd, that's the two mana two two, when ETB's target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn, and the adventure is Cleave Shadows, uh, one and a black. Sorcery, creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Yeah, largely that whole cycle of off-color kicker cards are just excellent for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got those same two as my top two in the reverse order. I've got Shepard one, Acolyte two. Sick. That takes us on to blue. Blue's commons were tough for me to figure out. I don't know if they were clear for you. Unlike red, they are largely unimpressive, I think. Right. That's what I felt too. I was like, man, well, that's okay. Blue's had its uh, time to shine in many limited sets. And if it falls flat a little bit here, that's okay. Uh, My number one is Obira's Attendance. Four and a blue for a three, four flyer. And it's got an adventure, Desperate Parry. One and a blue for an instant. Target creature gets minus four, minus oh until end of turn. Number two, I have Vantress Transmuter. This is three and a blue for a three, four. And the adventure part here is Croaking Curse. It's one and a blue. Tap target creature. Create a cursed roll token attached to it. Makes it a one, one. And then a little bit of a maybe for my number three. I should probably have the counter spell in there, but I have Snare Master Sprite. Single blue for a 1-1 fairy wizard with flying. Uh, When it enters the battlefield, you can pay two. And if you do, you tap target creature and opponent controls and put a stun counter on it. You know what goes well with that? What? Curiosity, baby. Oh, that's so sick. Uh, Can I make curiosity an A-? minus? My blue commons, top two are the same, but in a different order. So I have the transmuter one. That's the thing that puts a cursed roll token on something. Yeah. And then I have attendance two with a trick that gives minus four, minus O. And my number three is spell stutter. The one in mm. a blue instant counter target spell unless its controller pays two plus an additional one for each fairy you control. Yeah, I probably should add that. The thing about Snare Master Sprite, so I was I didn't like Sprite at all. Again, knocking X ones. But then I thought about the modality of it being like, well, like if this is your opener, you just again, drop this on turn one, sort of like the ginger brute argument. And then any roll token on this makes it a real threat. That's not that hard. And then later on, like it's nice that your one drop that you top deck gets to affect the board, pay a little bit more mana for it. I think I could see the sprite being good. That's fair. All right, moving on to the blue uncommons. In the number one slot, I've got Threadbind Click. That's the three and a blue, three, three flyer. And the adventure is Rip the Seams, two and a white, instant mm. destroy target tapped creature. And in my number two slot, I've got Picklock Prankster, one and a blue for a one, three fairy flying vigilance. And the adventure is Free the Fae. It's an instant for one and a blue. You mill four and then put an instant sorcery or fairy card from among the mill cards into your hand. Yeah, I love the prankster. That was my number one blue uncommon. And my number two is your favorite card, Ice Rot Sentry. I'm wrong about that <laughs> card. 
I'm going to hear about it for the next two months. What do you got going on in black? Black. The number one slot, I've got Candy Grapple. One in a black instant. Target creature gets minus three, minus three. If you bargain it, it gets minus five, minus five instead. That card is a house. Number two, I've got Hopeless Nightmare. Black for an enchantment. When ATBs, each opponent discards a card, loses two life. And when it goes to the graveyard, you scry two and you can pay three to sacrifice it. And then again, putting my money where my mouth is. I don't know if I really feel super strongly about this anymore after seeing black because black's got a lot of good commons. But I've got Warehouse Tabby in the number three slot. Nice. Black for the one one. Whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you make a rat and you can pay one on a black to give it death touch until end of turn. I like it. I'm happy that you have it in your number three slot. I appreciate it. Uh, I have the same one and two. And then my number three is Voracious Vermin. This is two and a black for a two one. When it ETBs, you get a one one black rat creature token. And whenever another creature you control dies, you get a plus and plus one counter on Voracious Vermin. And I don't even think... Like I just wanted this card in my top three because I like it a lot. I think I could have found two or three other black commons that I would have been thrilled to put in my top three. Yeah, black is pretty deep. Moving on to the uncommons on number one slot. I've got High Fae Negotiator Siege Fairy here. It says three black black for a three five with flying. And when it ETBs, <laughs> if it was bargained, each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. Siege Fairy. That's nice. Okay. And in the number two slot, I've got Twisted Sewer, which this card's going to end games. Three black black for a three yeah. four. ETBs make a one one rat creature token with this creature can't block. And then for each rat you control, create a wicked roll token attached to that rat. Wow. We don't have any overlap in our top black uncommons, but I think that just largely speaks to... How black strong broken? Yeah. black is. Uh, I've got Lord Skitterer's Butcher as my number one. That's two and a black for a two, three. When ETBs, you choose one. You make a rat creature token. You can sack another creature. If you do, you scry two, then draw a card. Or creatures you control gain menace until end of turn. And my number two is Spell Scorn Coven. Three and a black for a two, three flyer. When it ETBs, each opponent discards a card. And there's an adventure. Take it back. Two and a blue return target spell to its owner's hand. Yeah, that card is excellent. But like, that's just so... So many good black cards. So many good black cards. Moving on to the red commons. This is where I did some shaking up. In the number one slot, I've got Rat Catcher Trainee. This is one in a red for a 2-1. As long as it's your turn, it has first strike. And it's got an adventure pest problem. At instant speed, you can pay two in a red to make two 1-1 rat tokens. Yeah, that card's awesome. In the number two slot, I've got Torch the Tower, the single red instant deal two, three if you bargained, and then it exiles something that went to the graveyard that it dealt damage to. And in the number three slot, again, putting my money where my mouth is, Unruly Catapult. Yeah. Two red to the 0-4 with Defender. Tap steal damage to opponent. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, untap Unruly Catapult. And I don't know if Unruly Catapult belongs there, but I wanted to shout it out because I didn't know we were necessarily going to talk about it in the episode. And I just want to throw out there that Red's commons are just insanely deep and insanely powerful. I would be shocked if Red were not the top color in the format. Over black. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I don't, yeah, red does not seem stronger than black to me currently, but hmm. does does seem like Rakdos. I have, I have black and red as one and two. Um, and much like one and two, mine are the same as yours, but swapped. I've got Torch the Tower, the burn spell as number one, Ratcatcher Trainee as my number two. And I think basically my only hot-ish take of my top commons, which is Mark, is my number three. One in a red for a sorcery. You may discard a card if you do draw two cards and you create a wicked roll token attached to up to one target creature you control. And that's the uh, plus and plus one. And when it's put into a graveyard, each opponent loses a life. Yeah, that card is excellent. I was going to put that in my top commons and I peeked over at yours and saw that you had it and I wanted to do something different. Yeah, yeah. that card's truly great. 
I mean, maybe we've had enough good tormenting voice variants recently, like Bitter Reunion from Brothers War. And this is Quar- even better than Bitter Reunion, I think. Right. Well, and it's it's Quarrel's End, but it's two mana, not three. Like, three, yeah, yeah. You're, there's no mana bump for what you're getting, which is awesome. Right. So, like, I just think maybe people will catch on, but if they don't, this card is gonna like be really nice to pick up in the first few weeks. Takes us on to Reds Uncommons. First up, we've got Monstrous Rage. Single red for an instant. Target creature gets plus two, plus oh until end of turn, and you create a monster roll token attached to it. That's the one that gets trample. That's your number one? That's my number one. Is that allowed? Is that not allowed? It's allowed. It's your list. I know. I, I, well, so this was back when I gave the deal five a C plus. Like, so I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, look, I'm not like you. I don't cheat. I don't change my grades. And and you have cohesion across your grading. You honor the grades that you give to cards. It's good of you. (laughs) I understand them. I just throw out some B's here, some C's here, and we see where everything lands. I will say, like, if you don't do all of your grading in, like, one sitting, that's easy to happen. (laughs) You're just grumpy the next (laughs) day, everything. Keep one time, yeah, for sure. Um, And my number two uncommon is Two-Headed Hunter. It's is four in a red for a five four with menace and it's got an adventure twice the rage one in a red instant target creature gains double strike until end of turn i think this card is excellent oh not excited about that one either don't love your top two red uncommons but again your list i guess you're gonna get savaged enough for not knowing how bargain works so yes, you gotta get yeah. your punches in while you can that's right that's right Number one, I've got Witch Stalker Frenzy, the yeah. three red instant, deal five to a creature, costs one less to cast for each creature that attacked this turn. And then in the number two slot, I've got Imidane's Recruiter, the red-white mm-hmm. uh, hybrid adventure that gets a 2-2 and then gives your team plus one, plus one haste. I just love that in red-black as a card, plus in red-white, it's also going to be excellent. All right, Greens Commons. Number one, it's just Hunt the Weak, but a mana cheaper. Curse of the Werefox, 200 green for a sorcery. Create a monster roll token attached to target creature you control. When you do, that creature fights up to one target creature you don't control. It's way better, Hunt the Weak, for one mana cheaper. Way better. It's not purely upside, because like you can't stack the or the roll tokens, right? So if your 2-2 has a roll token on it, it's still just a 3-3, but like... It gives trample to green creatures. I mean, like, it's real good. It's very good. Number two... Hamlet Glutton, five green green for a six six with trample. When it enters the battlefield, you gain three life, but it has bargain. And if you bargained it, it costs two less to cast. Card is large. I think this is like, that's just all I want to do with my green decks. And I am shouting out the food maker, the Argothian opportunist, hollow scavenger, two new green, three, two, pay one sack of food. Hollow scavenger gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Only activate it once, and it's got the adventure, bakery raid, single green, make a food. I've got the same one and two as you. My number three is Ferocious Werefox. This is three mm. green for a four, three trample. And the adventure is an instant guard change, one and a green, create a monster roll token attached to target creature you control. I didn't realize this was an instant at first. And then when I saw it was an instant, I was like, wow. Yeah, that's combat good. trick. If you win the combat, it sticks around. Put trample on large green monsters. But I think even more than what you put in the number three slot, like I don't feel strongly about what goes there. I was thinking about switching this to the one three mana dork mm-hmm. that gives you a green and then filters mana through it. But I've seen some some takes that green doesn't look good and green looks quite strong to me. I, I think currently going into the format, I'd have green number three in the color power rankings. Largely off the back of, I think, how good Hamlet Glutton looks to me like that that just looks like a a game plan like you get a couple gluttons and that's your deck you know because that's just like six six gain three is so big yeah the card looks strong for sure looking at the uncommons i got tough cookie 
as my number one, one and a green for a two-two. When it enters the battlefield, you get a food token. You can treat it. It is a food itself, so you can sack it to gain three. And you can also pay two and a green to have target non-creature artifact you control become a four-four artifact creature until end of turn. And then I also have uh, Welcome to Sweet Tooth as my number two. It's the one in a green saga. Chapter one, you get a one-one human. Chapter two, get a food. Chapter three, you put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control, where X is one plus the number of foods you control. Yeah, both those are quite strong. I've got a different number one than you. I've got Gingerbread Hunter. That's the five mana five five that ETBs with a food. And then you can have Puny Snack for two and a black to give target creature minus two, minus two until end of turn. And I've got Tough Cookie in the number two slot. Yeah, a nice spread there. Some overlap, but also some takes. That's, that's Room what for Twitch see. chat to make fun of us, you know? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Can't wait. Yeah, man. So some nice fodder for like, hey, can you believe you ever had that in your top three, <laughs> whatever? Yeah. Crash course, it takes you out of you. I, I, I do feel a bit crashed afterwards. It is quite a lot. Any yeah. parting thoughts here? Any any takes about you, the format? You always ask me. You always you always serve it up to me at the end, like a good co-host does. But I, I leave it all on the field. Then I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't pull any punches, and I just bring everything to bear in the episode. I got nothing. Nothing to sum up. I think I like your your takes of it being. I'm with you on it being Jundy to start. Like I'm liking black, red, and green at the beginning. Less clear about blue and white personally, um, which is odd because I do like the looks of the blue white deck specifically, but I'm just excited. I think fairies also mm. look strong, but strong at uncommon. Like that, you're gonna have to get all, you're gonna have to be the only fairies drafter, I think, and you're gonna have to get all the uncommons. But if you do, like that deck is very clear, I think, what it is trying to do. So for, for me, the ones that are up in the air or the ones that I'm doubtful about are Celebration, Red, White, Blue, Green, Five, Mana Value. Those two for sure I am very unclear on. Yeah. I like Black, Green as food, but not as much as some of the others. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Jun format for sure to start. Although, and White, Blue looks, the uncommon is insane. Like it's gold yes. card yeah. is broken. But then like, again, a lot of the blue and white commons, I was like, I don't know. No, like yeah. it just didn't seem to hold up to how good raw rate and efficient the the red, black, and green cards are. We didn't even talk about the the red four mana three three menace make a one one rat. I know, like, right? There's like that might be a top red common. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like that might be better than all of them. Yeah, you know? that could just be. I mean, it's it's not quite uh, chimney rabble, right? Because it doesn't have haste. But yeah, it's pretty dang good. There's a lot going on in this format, but. I am stoked, and we're going to get to play with the cards next week during the early access. That's Thank right. Thank you to Wizards for the sponsored preview account. So if you want to check us out, we'll be streaming on Thursday next week after you're listening to this episode. Yeah, very, very excited to get my hands on these cards. So good luck to everybody in your uh, pre-releases next week, and we'll have uh, all of our takes after we get our hands on the cards as well. All right, great place to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to CoolStuffInc.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you are looking to buy anything magic or other game related on the internet, head on over to Cool Stuff and use code LOL at checkout to let them know we sent you there, and more importantly, to get 5% off anything you order on their website. And you can check all of our content out at lordsoflimited.com. That's where you can find links to our stream, our YouTube channel as well, which is popping off. You can see the video version of the episode hi out there in youtube land if you're watching right now um and you can also find links to our tier lists to our merch to all of our episode backlogs as well all that good stuff is over at lordslimited.com if you have any feedback about the show or any questions shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for another episode of lords of limited thanks everybody see you later
Moving on to the Ds. Those are the sometimes playable below average 22nd, 23rd type cards. Things like Eastmark Cavalier, Lothlorien Lookout, Gimli's Axe, and Grey Haven Navigator. You have anything you want to say about that? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just, you saw the look on my face. Here was the, <laughs> Here was the look on my face. I was thinking while I was reading that that I wanted to bet you that someone in the Lords of Limited Discord recent episode of discussion is going to say I'm actually birthday escape is a B. <laughs> that was what I was thinking is that I wanted to bet you that. <laughs> that was the look you saw on my face. <laughs> okay, I'll take the D's again without a smirk. I'm sorry. I couldn't help. That was floating into my brain. <clears throat> also, great. Even the navigator is a C. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look you don't like it <laughs> next time you gotta do the grading scale you know i know that's what i thought when i looked at it okay join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.